podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. Great show for you. We're talking realignment, but specifically its impact on recruiting. Two fantastic guests, Cody Nagel of GoPokes.com, Brandon Solez of Red Raider Sports, going to join us. We're going to talk about what they're hearing from recruits, players, coaches, and a few other things, including how this could impact the longevity of Matt Wells in Lubbock and Mike Gundy in Stillwater. Great interview. Really excited to have both of these guys on. I, I tried to bring like more just to get a, a broader perspective outside of just Oklahoma and Texas, but you know, things happen. It's what happens if you record in the middle of the day. Sometimes you lose guests, but great, great, great interview. I think you guys are really going to like this. Although this was a really good one. Before we get to that, uh, the Big 12 finally released their threshold policy. Uh, that's what to do in case of a team having an issue with COVID, with with, with the number of players or coaches. Uh, and in the event, a conference game is canceled due to a team uh, not having enough student-athletes to compete due to COVID for or for any reason, that team will forfeit and be credited with a loss in the conference standings. This is pretty much in line with what every other conference is doing. It's not that surprising. It's not that shocking. Um, it's interesting, a forfeit can be declared at any point before a completed contest and when possible would occur prior to the visiting team commencing travel. Additionally, if both teams are unable to compete, a no contest would be declared and if needed, an unbalanced tiebreaker would be utilized to determine conference championship participants in football or championship seating in other sports. Again, this is about what every other conference is doing. It's kind of just news that had to come out. It's kind of no news but it is news, but here we are. It's, it's not shocking. It's what you got to do. We're not making up games this year, folks. We're not making them up. We're not rescheduling. That's not an option. It's not going to happen. This episode is, of course, coming out on Thursday, and tonight, Thursday night, is the beginning of the women's college soccer se- season. All 10 
Big 12 teams are in action. Very excited about that tonight. In games, not just exhibition games, because a few teams played those last week. Everybody's playing games that count tonight. West Virginia hosts Buffalo, Texas on the road at UCF, Baylor on the road at Minnesota, Kansas hosting Drake, K-State hosting uh, Weber State, Oklahoma on the road at Houston, TCU on the road at Stephen F. Austin, Texas Tech hosting UTEP, Oklahoma State hosting UTSA, and Iowa State on the road at UC Santa Barbara. Everybody in action on Sunday, too. Some really good games on the docket. Um, If you are a a Big 12 soccer fan, I suggest you make sure and and subscribe to our podcast um, for something coming out on Friday that I am very, very excited about. Uh, If if you're listening to this on Friday, maybe you've already listened to it. I don't know. Uh, But I'm very excited about something we're going to be doing this fall. Um, and, and that'll come out on Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to the 10 podcast, T E N the number 12, the word podcast, uh, everywhere podcasts are available, iTunes, Spotify, anchor, Google podcast, Stitcher. You can find us pretty much everywhere. Um, so I'm really excited about what we're going to do this fall, um, to try and make sure we give the attention that is needed to the Olympic sports. Speaking of attention needed, home field apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere and basically the official sponsor of the 1012 podcast guys if you're a longtime listener and maybe you've just been considering been waiting thinking maybe this is the time maybe now is the time for me or you're a first-time listener you're like what's what's home field apparel what is this i just told you it's the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere big new saturday season two continues Georgia was last week, and it's now in a dominant second place. Couldn't beat Florida. It's crazy. Okay, just go to homefieldapparel.com. Homefieldapparel.com. Go look at the more than 100 schools they have available. They are amazing. They are fantastic. And they really are the most comfortable t-shirts you will ever wear. They've got Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas, and Texas Tech gear. You need to go check it all out. Those are just, again... Five of the schools of the more 100 than they have. They also have Colgate, Houston, Georgia Southern, Pitt, Virginia, Kentucky, DePaul, uh, Vermont. Okay. James Madison. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code NETWORK12 and get 15% off your first order. All orders of $70 or more get free shipping because you're not going to buy just one thing. I promise. Trust me. It's too comfortable. Whether you want a t-shirt, a hoodie, uh, joggers they got some baseball tees they got sweaters go crazy use the promo code network 12 15 off your first order be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere this football season all right realignment's impact on recruiting love this interview you guys are going to like it whether you're an oklahoma state fan a texas tech fan or just a fan of anywhere else in the conference i think this is stuff that's going to impact every single one of the eight remaining teams. So without further ado, let's get to it. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long with exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. 
So obviously, realignment is still the story of the day, and until games actually kick off in a couple of weeks, that's what we're going to continue to talk about a lot. And, and we've covered the angles of each school as we've been going through them, and we've talked about the conference as a whole. But but one thing that I've really been curious about is, is how this is going to impact recruiting. Obviously, it dropping or changing for, for some schools from a Power 5 team or a Power Conference team to a non-Power Conference team is going to have an impact. And, and these other eight schools don't recruit on a level as Oklahoma and Texas. So that is a real question as to what kind of impact it's going to have. So I reached out to a bunch of different people who cover uh, recruiting for each of the eight remaining schools. Uh, and I got two guests today to help kind of talk about what they are hearing and seeing thus far. First up, uh, Cody Nagel, who covers Oklahoma State for GoPokes.com of 247 Sports. Cody, welcome, sir. Thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, and Brandon Solis, uh, who covers Texas Tech for Red Raider Sports uh, of Rivals, is joining us as well. Brandon, welcome. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. All right, so let's let's just start with this. Um I want to kind of get, before we dive into what the players are, what you're hearing from players and what you're hearing from coaches, I kind of want just your overall thoughts on things. I mean, as Cody and I were talking before we started to hit the record, like it feels like it's been months of this and it's really only been like three, maybe four weeks now. Like it, it, it's been a very small amount of time and, and so much has happened and we've talked so much about it in that short period of time that it, it, it feels like it's been a while. Um, so, Cody, why don't we start with you here? Just your initial thoughts or your thoughts right now as to kind of where things stand and how you're feeling about all of this. I mean, it's still, I mean, everything's still up in the air. It feels like we've gone through almost every scenario possible um, and things still keep changing. I mean, you think about the, you know, the alliance that's been talked about between um, Big 12 or Big 10, ACC, and, and Pac 12. I mean, where's the, Big 12 fall into that. I mean, we don't really know at this point. Um, you know, there's just so many options still out on the table that um, there's so much uncertainty and stuff that, you know, you'd, you want to know what's going on. But at this point, nobody, nobody really does. Brandon, what about you? How, how are you feeling right now? Uh, some days I'm feeling like the Big 12 is just being looked at as kind of like just off to the side. Uh, you know, you're talking about Pac-12, SEC, you know, ACC, uh, for Texas Tech in particular, from what we've heard, obviously a lot of people here in Lubbock want to go Pac-12. Um, that's kind of the consensus here is you gotta you gotta stay uh, relevant, you gotta stay Power Five, and uh, a downgrade to that would uh, probably and it's kind of funny because some people have said if we go actually move down to like you know an American Conference or something, you'd actually probably be contending for conference titles, which is what everybody wants here. But uh, you want to be doing that with the big boys and the big dogs, so. Um, Sometimes it feels like it's just, you know, especially coming from Texas Tech and stuff that they're kind of being left out as a whole. And you're kind of, you know, thinking, I know early on they wanted to do an OK State, Texas Tech kind of deal, like hold hands, we're going to ride this together. But uh, it's just kind of unknown where we're at right now. And I know um, from the latest that we've heard at Red Raider Sports is the Pac-12 doesn't want to expand, and uh, especially USC. So that's something that kind of sits kind of scary there to kind of see where you're going to be going. But um, yeah, just kind of up in the air. It sounds like we're hearing something every other day of something new or he said, she said kind of deal. So um, I'm kind of just riding the wave right now. Yeah. Well, riding the wave feels like the appropriate way to describe this. Yeah. And, and it's not a, not a close to the wave, you know, mm -mm. water park thing, more like middle of the ocean. Please don't, don't crush me uh, underneath the weight of this thing wave. 
Um, so let's let's start on with the players because that's the one I'm really interested in is, is what you guys are hearing from them. Because again, and we can focus on, let's say, the class of 2022 who have not signed yet. We're getting all the commitments. You're seeing classes being put together, but this coming now uh, before early signing day in December. And then, of course, the, the second signing period next year. Like what kind of effect is this going to have on them? And then kids from 2023 and 24, 24 down the line who I know the timeline everyone has to say is, OU and Texas will be here until 2025, but none of us actually believe that. So this news is going to impact every the next three classes definitely like it's going to it's going to have an impact on, on where they are playing so and cody let's let's start with you we'll just keep doing cody brandon it's easy that way cody what what are you hearing from some of the kids i mean they're just i mean obviously they're following it as closely as they can you know reading everything they can talking to the you know staffs and everything but you know they just want answers at this point they want to know what's going on and you know unfortunately you know as much as you can try to provide them with that. Nobody really knows, like we've talked about. Um, you know, you think about, you know, where Oklahoma State ends up landing. Um, you know, if they go out west, you know, maybe that's that's the best part. But, um, you know, you got to think about, you know, travel stuff with, with families wanting to go to games and stuff. You know, if they end up in the Big Ten for some, you know, if that's where they go, um, you know, that's a long ways for most of their recruits that they get from, you know, Texas and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they just want to, they just want answers at this point. And unfortunately people just can't really provide them with that. Um, you know, some say, you know, it doesn't matter what conference I play in, you know, I just want to play at a, a good school and, and with good coaches and feel at home. Um, so, you know, it, it just depends on who you talk to. I mean, and that's, that's for the, I mean, either the 2022 class or 2023, um, you know, talking with, I guess we can get to the, the coaches later, but yeah, just talking with the players, that's just, they want answers at this point. Yeah. Um, basically the same thing that, um, you know, that Cody said there, one uh, recruit in particular that we're following here in, uh, in Lubbock is he's a running back, all purpose back at Amarillo, Major Everhart. He picked up a Notre Dame offer, I think before all this kind of happened, but now since, this is kind of going the way it's going and Texas Tech's still trying to figure out where it's where it sits just in general. Um, he's one of the kids that they felt really comfortable with. And now it's kind of looking a little scary that he can go, you know, to an independent Notre Dame. That's kind of, Hey, this is, we know what we're doing kind of deal. So, um, and I know um, we're talking recruits and stuff, but I've talked to some players. It's just really, you know, kind of weird just seeing the difference because I talked to a senior uh, lineman here at a uh, local media day on Tech's roster right now. Um, he only has a year. He could come back another year, I believe. But, um, you know, it's not really affecting him because he said, you know, he's attacking the schedule as it as it comes. And then you got Taj Brooks, who is a sophomore running back, who this could impact a little bit down the road. And he's kind of just like, yeah, I'm thinking about it here and there. And then, you know, do I transfer, you know, three years down the road? So that's going to be interesting, especially with what Matt Wells has been doing with the transfer portal uh, deal here. Um, are you going to still hit that as hard as he's hit it? Um, when you're recruiting, I know, you know, they're still trying to sell Texas Tech, as kind of Cody said, they're still trying to sell just the brand and where it sits right now. But I mean, yeah, when it comes down to you, you're talking to some high school kids that, you know, want to play big ball somewhere and not knowing if you're still going to be a, a big player three or four, 
three, two years down the road is, uh, is the biggest question. And I know that uh, Texas Tech has found itself outside of a lot of top eight, top four lists since that's kind of happened. Um, we've reached out to those kids. Nobody's really told us for sure this, this is why. But we did notice that they've kind of been outside those lists uh, as of late. But, um, but yeah, basically kind of just what Cody said is just, you know, you talk to some of these kids and it's just about, uh, you know, putting the pads on at the next level somehow. So uh, I think a few years down the road, we're going to actually see the true uh, impact that this will actually have. I'd be curious, and I was thinking about this last night. You know, you're, let's say you're Oklahoma State. Or Texas Tech. I think these are good examples of, of schools. And I know Lubbock is a, is a bigger city, but I think most people who haven't been to Lubbock just kind of think of it as a college town yeah. because it's mm-hmm. you, you, you just don't know until you go. Same thing with Stillwater. It's very much a college town. That's, that's the feel it gives off. Um, them being in a Power 5 conference, you think gives them some sort of edge in recruiting, right? Um, over, say, a, a, maybe an SMU who we've seen do really well in the recruiting trail lately being in Dallas or maybe a Houston who's in a bigger city, if that's something that you want to do, who's been able to pull in some some higher tier recruits out of the state of Texas. I th- My question becomes, what would be your bigger concern if you're Oklahoma State or Texas Tech or a school of that like that? If the Big 12 has to band together and becomes not a power conference, does it become a situation where you're like, okay, well now you're battling even harder against the SNUs and Houston's who might have that city atmosphere to, to offer? Or are we going to start seeing, because there's not going to be a lot of, of power conference teams in Texas, you'd basically have two left with Texas and A&M. Um, you'd have, uh, do you start seeing kids with recruiting already being as national as it is looking outside and, and going further from home? Brandon, do you want to go first on that? I'm, I'm sure. curious what, what you want to, <laughs> what you have to say, just being from, from Texas. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a good point because whenever uh, TCU or I guess Baylor, this was a little before my that last realignment was before my college time when I kept up with it a lot. But from what I've heard and what I've, you know, what my coworkers have told me uh, that Texas Tech wasn't a big fan of bringing them in to the Big 12 and they really didn't want them in just because of that factor of you're now, you know, there's now what, I can't even tell you, four Texas teams in the Big 12 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um uh, you know, that might change or it might not change, but a lot of it goes back to if you're in the Pac-12, why wouldn't you want somebody in Texas, which would be Texas Tech? And then why wouldn't you want somebody in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? So um, that's been an interesting kind of thing to keep up with. But yeah, then you're because the big point about recruiting in Lubbock, it kind of all the coaches have kind of said it once they get them to Lubbock, it's not hard to sell. It's just the fact that you have to get them to Lubbock. And they felt that during COVID, especially, and throw this in the mix, and it's going to make it even worse. It's because are the kids going to want to go to those Dallas's, you know, the Houston's of the world instead of trying to come, what, six, seven, eight hours? If you're even in Texas from one of those major hubs there, are you going to want to travel that long to um, to Lubbock if they're in a smaller conference? Probably not. Uh, you'd probably go down the road to Baylor to, you know, go down the road to Waco or whatever it may be. So I think that'll really, really affect uh, Texas Tech here. And that's really why, uh, you know, we got an email today from the president and uh, Kirby Hocutt just kind of saying the best way to support is to show up and to bear your banners wherever you're at. And that's been a really big selling point of, for Texas Tech, especially is just trying to get that logo out, especially with like the basketball success that kind of bleeds into this baseball and all that stuff. Because um, especially from a baseball point of view, you're now going to be competing with the Dallas Baptists of the world. And I don't think they really ever kind of intended to do that. So 
Um, but there's just a lot of like different question marks that are popping up here, uh, especially being in Lubbock. Like you said, you, if you haven't been here, you really don't know that it's more than just kind of like a little college town. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State's the same way. I mean, a lot of the points you brought up, they're trying to do the same thing. You know, they struggle to, you know, sell the program if they mm-hmm. can't get recruits in town. I mean, yeah, Stillwater's, you know, a small college town. I mean, it's all about OSU here, but you know, you can't, how do I say this? You can't put it into perspective over, over zoom and stuff like that. You have to, to get them here to, to actually sell that and get them around the facilities um, that, you know, are, are new and everything like that. Um, and yeah, OSU has also talked about, I mean, you talk about the leadership here um, with, with Casey Strom and, and Weiberg. I mean, I can't imagine what their first month on the job has been like, but, you know, banding together, like you said, to, um, you know, buying football tickets, you know, wearing your OSU gear everywhere, um, you know, making this the, you know, rowdiest arena in, in the country when it comes to basketball and stuff. I mean, that's that's huge that basketball is is on the rise again for, for Oklahoma State. Um, you know, that'll that'll be a big selling point when it comes to all this this conference realignment stuff too. I mean, I know football's the the main driving factor, but you know, that's, that's just a, an added bonus, basically, when it comes down to it. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J. N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture. Let's segment. talk about the coaches. It begins um, every single episode. You can join in the fun been asked anytime, kind of anytime, any place. Get at your boys. I haven't heard them say much as far as the recruiting impact. Like what? What have you heard both from from the head coaches, you know, Mike Gundy and Matt Wells, as well as just some of the other coaches on staff about about what they're hearing and and how this is impacting them on the recruiting trail. I mean, so Gundy's. I mean, Gundy's been asked a lot about it. And his answers have, you know, been the same. He doesn't know what's going on. And he knows that, I mean, says that anybody that says what's going on doesn't actually have a clue. Um, Wise words, wise words. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, he's, I don't think he's, if he does know anything, he's obviously not going to spill it. Um, You know, I think his focus is is on the season. and, And he's even said that, you know, not to jump back to the players here, but, you know, he hasn't heard any conference realignment talks in in the locker room or anything like that so which I mean maybe there's some here and there with the underclassmen that have more years left that it might affect but you know there hasn't been much talk there you know when this first came out it was probably a week or so after everything went down I was talking to somebody on the staff and you know said you know how much is this affecting you guys in recruiting and you know he said it's it's you know, it's affecting right now. I mean, with 2022 class, I mean, just the uncertainty of everything, um, you know, they're worried about it. They want, you know, just like the players and recruits, they want answers, you know, yesterday, they want to know where they're going so they can start putting a plan together. You know, if they're say Oklahoma state moves out to the PAC 12, you know, they need to start focusing more offers out West and not so much, you know, you know, maybe limiting your stuff in Texas and more, you know, offers out towards Utah, um, Nevada, um, and California, obviously. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, still just lots of uncertainty. Everybody wants answers at this point. 
Yeah, Matt Wells got a little more vocal with it this past week um, at availability. We are kind of giving a heads up a little bit about uh, what to be prepared for. Just He had, he didn't have like a full-on statement, but basically he talked about the importance of the season and uh, how all eyes need to be on West Texas now because um, that's been a big part of his deal is connecting with the community around here. Um, it's kind of been a big deal about, you know, with Tim Tatlock, Coach, um, you know, Coach Beard, even when he got here, they all really connected the community. So that's something that he's trying to still do. So um, he said he's emphasizing the locker room that, uh, you know, people are looking at them now and he believes that they can actually compete this year and be in the fight that all these coaches always talk about. So he kind of wanted to just, uh, basically just kind of said the the country's watching us and uh, we need to show them what uh, West Texas and Texas Tech's about. And I'm pretty sure that's probably where, uh, were his words whenever he told us. And uh, he uh, before that, though, I mean, he kind of, you know, he's gotten asked about it, kind of took the Gundy approach, just kind of like, yeah, don't know, don't know the answers, just rolling with it. But uh, something, I guess, something might have changed where he probably felt the need to say something. And I'm pretty sure um, you can kind of tell things are getting a little uh, not too tense, but, uh, you know, the AD and the President Skuvanek here in Lubbock, they're kind of not not total panic mode, but there's some kind of urgency, I think, with these guys of wanting to figure out the, what's going to happen sooner rather than later, I think. So um, I think that's probably been uh, passed down to all the coaches because I believe they have a monthly meeting, if not weekly, just with every single head coach and stuff. So, and a lot of the assistants are just kind of doing the approach of just doing my job, you know, coaching my positions. Uh, coach Wells, um, he's been uh, very vocal about he believes and trusts in Skuvenek and um, Kirby Hoka, the athletic director. So, uh, he's kind of just uh, riding the wave, like you said. We're all in the middle of the ocean, so it goes back to that. But. Uh, I kind of did like that he was a little more vocal this week. Um, they, it gives you a more reassurance that he's not totally just forgetting about it, and he knows it's something that they have to deal with. I mean, Brandon, you, you your stuff on Wells about focusing on the season and, and talking about branding these things. Like, I, <clears throat> like one season is not going to change things for these schools from a standpoint of of realignment, from a standpoint of TV numbers. Like one one year is going to be an outlier. It's like 2020. Mm -hmm. But I am curious from, from both of you, if you're hearing anything from coaches as far as like putting more importance on this season because of what's going on. You There's that idea of you can only control what you can control. Yeah. These decisions are going to be left up to Fox and ESPN and CBS and NBC and school presidents and commissioners. Like it, it's not going to be up to college coaches or players or fans. And so what, what we've been saying is basically like the only thing you as a fan can do is show up, be on social media, talk positively about your program, show up to games, tune into everyone. It's like the only th impact you can have is being a, a positive force for the brand that is your football program. So I'm really curious how much Wells and Gundy are, or at least the coaches at least, are, are pushing the idea of like the only thing we can control is is trying to build this brand this year and be as successful as we can in an attempt to try and, and help our teams out yeah yeah i think even if gundy even if gundy doesn't say that you know directly i'm sure he's telling you know the players that and the players know that um you know this season's probably as important as any that they've had in recent history i mean this will I mean, could have a huge impact on, you know, the future of, of the university. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, for the fans showing up to games, you know, being loud, you know, representatives from, you know, other conferences 
are, are going to be at these games. They want to, you know, they're going to see the facilities. They want to see, you know, everything like that, um, you know, the atmosphere and everything. So, I mean, yeah, this is, this is a huge season for, for Oklahoma state and, you know, the rest of the, you know, I guess big eight schools that, that are left. So, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, with Matt Walls, a situation of uh, obviously you were four and six last year, four and eight the year before he has a sense of urgency to get this thing turned around to a sell it as a winning program and, or at least show that there's um you know, they're kind of turning a corner. And I think the president and, uh, you know, Kirby Hokut, I think it's had to cross their mind that another losing season, you're going through this, you don't want to make a coaching change at, at, you know, in the middle of all this. So I'm pretty sure that's probably what Matt Wells is probably thinking about here is uh, if it's one year to turn this thing around, it's going to have to be this year to at least meet those expectations that the fans have already put on them before all this has, has even, you know, began. And now you're trying to sell to those networks. You're trying to show them that, uh, you know, you're in Texas football is king, but you're four and eight, you know, back to back four win seasons. Um, and the past decade obviously hasn't been uh, too ideal for Texas Tech, only a few bowl games here. But, um, you know, you've been through multiple coaches and just trying to figure this whole thing out. And, you you know, the administration, the athletic department thinks that Matt Wells is the guy to do that. But uh, at the end of the day, the fans are very vocal about having, a, you know, eight combined wins the past two years when they want, you know, eight, seven, eight wins in one year. So um, with him, I think it's going to be a little bit, uh, it's going to be a little, uh, the seat's going to be a little hot. I want to say, honestly, um, he's brought in a lot of talent and I'm talking about the roster this year and how it's going to affect, you know, in the future, but uh, he's brought in a lot of talent, but if he can't win and he can't turn this thing into a winning program to sell to the other conferences or to, say, hey, we have some potential here and it won't be a huge loss or whatever, especially to a Pac-12, uh, I think now's the time to do it. And I think he kind of senses that. Brandon, you kind of <clears throat> answered my 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 last question already. So, Cody, I'll kind of ask this, this of you. you know, obviously, Brandon, as you mentioned, this feels like a hot seat year for Matt Wells. He wasn't super popular when he got hired. It, was, it wasn't a popular hire. And, and so that is a weird situation to, to look at potentially having to make a coaching change with all this going on and how that might impact it. Cody, you know, I, I compare Gundy and, and Patterson at TCU a lot because two longest tenured guys in the conferences on what we would argue is the backward tra- end of their tenure. Um, and everyone's kind of felt like Gundy's got a, at least a couple more years in him, um, especially with his son now the quarterback the year. I'd be doubt, I doubt he would retire before, before he has played. But I mean, how much more, I really think, job stability does this provide Gundy of saying, like, you don't want to have to go through this and go through a coaching change. It would be better off, even if this is an eight, nine win team each year to stick with Gundy through this, because that, that provides a level of stability that, that helps the program and helps the university. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about his job security, I think it's, you know, safer than it's ever been probably. I mean, which is you know, crazy compared to last year. <laughs> right. I mean, you think about this point last year, there was talks about, you know, is he going to be fired a few weeks before the season or something like that? So, um, yeah, I mean, stability is, I mean, in my opinion, a, a huge factor when it comes to all this conference realignment stuff, you know, you know, Oklahoma State's puts, was it 15 straight winning seasons together now? Um, you know, Gundy's entering his 17th season now at Oklahoma State as the head coach. Um, you know, they make a bowl game every year. Um, their bowl record's pretty good. Um, you know, just the stability factor is going to be a huge thing. 
and and yeah, keeping Gundy around and not having to worry about a coaching change and you know what the program might do if you make the wrong hire or something like that. I mean, that's that's a that's a big factor when it comes down to it. Yeah, you guys have been awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Uh, do me a favor, Cody. Where can everybody check out the work you do covering Oklahoma State? So if you go to gopokes247.com, um, we'll have all you know football, basketball, recruiting coverage. Um, right now we've got a, a big promo going on. So if you guys want to jump on there and sign up, get VIP access. Um, we got 75% off an annual membership. Uh, comes down to less than less than 30 bucks a year. So make sure to, to get on there and sign up. That's a that's a good deal. I'll tell you right now, that is a good deal. Uh, Brandon, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Texas Tech? Yeah, redridersports.com. Uh, Rivals uh, community as well. We have a huge message board, biggest one in Lubbock. I've been around for... Uh, you know, almost two decades now. Um, and uh, new to Instagram, we post a lot of the recruiting stuff on Instagram, a lot of pictures, a lot of photos, videos there. And of course, Twitter and Facebook as well. So um, yeah, but I think we're going to be having a promo as well soon. So be on the lookout for that little preseason thing that we're going to be uh, establishing this week, I believe. You guys both do great work. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, and, and good luck out there on the recruiting trail, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast Network.